0: now it's my pleasure to welcome Charlotte to Major League Soccer as
1: our 30th team. And now your new owner, David Tepper. Charlotte, you ready to party? Yeah. Please join me in welcoming Charlotte Football Club's first head coach, Miguel Angel Ramirez. Buenos dias. In the 2022 MLS Super Draft, presented by Adidas, Charlotte FC selects from the University of Maryland, and Generation Adidas, Ben Bender.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Charlotte FC podcast. Nick Finelli here with Maxwell Dove. He is the founder of Infinity City. And we're going to talk to Max about what this is and how it relates to Charlotte FC. Max, welcome in.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: The reason your information kind of interests me is I have a 20-year-old that's autistic. Really? Okay. Yeah, and special needs and being able to go to events and being a part of it, like, that's just, that's a big ordeal, no matter what. And I didn't know if, if kind of, that's kind of your angle for, for going at things. It's like, people need to be able to enjoy these games, not only as families, but, you know, there are all these special things that, you know, we can't just assume that that happens, you know, for everybody else. It's like, oh, that's easy going to a game. For me, you know, that's, that's a hard thing to get someone to a game because you got to plan so much. You have to think so much. You have to know do a lot of things so
1: that is absolutely my angle (laughs) my uh, I have two kids um a three-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter and my son is diagnosed with autism
0: okay yeah now we we've we've definitely you know from from going to amusement parks to going (laughs) to games I don't know how many times we've lost my son at a game (laughs) (laughs) I believe it (laughs) so I mean it's crazy and and somehow he always finds a way to 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 either charm or, or, get people worried at the same time. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. he, he was missing for like 30 minutes at a university of South Carolina football game. And where did we find him? He was surrounded by, you know, maybe he's like eight years old, surrounded by eight, 10 security guards. He is telling them a story. They're just like relaxing and <laughs> enjoying stuff. Here we are looking for him through all the things we're worried to death. And he's got all these people and he's got a captive audience and he's sharing all this stuff. And they're like, can he stay for a little bit longer? You know that kind of thing. (laughs) Like we found him, you know, after all this, you know, stuff. And we got, I got two other kids, so they're like, you know, exasperated. They're like, where is he? You know, he's missing. Like they're scared and they're younger, so they're just, they had no idea what's going on. So like that kind of thing seems to always happen. (laughs) So tell me what, (laughs) tell me what your goal. Tell me more about why you started um, Infinity City and what is it a. What what do you hope to get out of it?
1: Basically, kind of the way it came about was, you know, I have played soccer my entire life, played through college, Um, always kind of had like the stereotypical dad's dream of their son following in their footsteps. And so when we found out that my wife and I were having a a boy, I got super excited. I can't wait to play soccer with him, get him into it, kind of let him grow up around it. And kind of at an early age – we kind of noticed some uh, things different with him and we kind of had our our hints about him. And so mm-hmm. when he turned two, we did take him to get him evaluated and he was classified and uh, diagnosed as autistic. And so that kind of hurt for a while. Just kind of like the why me moment mm-hmm. that I think kind of any anybody has in any kind of moment like that. But I kind of started thinking about it that just because he has autism doesn't mean that he shouldn't be able to play soccer or be able to go to games and enjoy games and stuff like that. And so I kind of came up with this, to be honest, it's kind of evolved if that makes sense. So at Mm -hmm. the beginning, it was just, I wanted to work with the team to make games more sensory friendly and friendly for people with, with special needs. Doesn't necessarily mean, autism but just any accommodations that they might have right and so I came up with kind of like a list of things that I wanted to talk to the team about and I actually did have a meeting with Sean the chief and officer about those things and he was incredibly on board Mm -hmm. with with kind of what we were going with but it was just kind of unfortunate timing when I was trying to get kind of my things woven in there with the start of the season right and so they've had all these plans, how they were going to do things. And then here I come saying, oh, well, what if we kind of did this and threw this in there? And so he, he is very on board, very open to it. Like I said, it's just kind of, unfortunately, the timing right. right now. And so kind of some of the things that we did talk about was one suggestion I had was take the schedule and pick two or three games mm-hmm. out of the season and make them sensory friendly games to where you kind of, Lower the lights, lower the sound, kind of stuff like that. Give out headphones, sunglasses for if it's a day game, people with light sensory issues. And he said, absolutely not. And I said, wait, what? And he was like, no, if we're doing this, we're doing it every single game because every fan should be able to enjoy every game, regardless of what it is. And so that really kind of hit me. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. And so we've... Kind of talked off and on a little bit about things. He did let me know that we they they are still having these conversations. Just obviously, especially with the the LA Galaxy game, there's right seventy five thousand people. It's really hard to. Uh, Plus, it's your first you know, time
0: putting on stuff. You don't know exactly, what's going to happen. Exactly. I think I think as they get their feet wet, they'll be able to not only do this but announce it and make everybody know that that this is
1: happening. Absolutely. And so, like I said, it kind of evolved to where I figured kind of why stop there. Right. I'm not looking to kind of like brand it, turn it into a business or anything like that, but I've actually talked to a few youth teams around the Charlotte area about hosting kind of like special needs soccer clinics during the summer, right. um, having special events with the team, hosting their own kind of like special needs soccer clinic kind of stuff like that and so like it's unfortunately a lot of the momentum on my end has kind of dropped off i'm sure you can tell from my twitter i haven't posted in a hot minute (laughs) but it's something i'm very passionate about i just i don't have help doing it right and so 100 of me having these meetings me talking with these teams about setting these things up it is 100 me
0: right
1: and so, I like I said, I'm very, still 100% want to do these things, but me having a full-time job, my wife having a full-time job, us having our autistic son, our one-year-old daughter, it's just, it's that's a, a lot, lot of moving yeah. pieces. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, a- anybody who has any kid with special needs, there's so much extra stuff that you have to think about that's not even just in your day-to-day that people don't, they can't, they can't know. You can tell them all about it, but they don't know until they've lived it.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, I hear you. I, I will. I'm on board to help you because I think that's an important aspect. You know, we we've always tried to, you know, we we put it on ourselves like, OK, this is not everybody else's responsibility. This is not we need to figure out a way that we can make this happen. And we did. I mean, done it for 20 years, been taking him to all sorts of games, all sorts of events. He played You know, my oldest. He played soccer. Um, That's awesome. You know, intramurals. And, you know, he was not, you know, he was into it and then not into it. And, you know, it just, he understood part of it and didn't understand other things. And the people around were very accepting. Um, the people who we, you know, a lot of times I was the coach, right? Cause you had to yeah. kind of, you kind of had to make it happen. And then other times we found people that understood and they're like, well, I can be there, but I'm not going to coach. So, like, you know, we were still kind of there as a, as a guide. And I think a lot of times people don't understand how much like that has to be put into place. And so if yes, you have yes. more, if you have more environments that are open and understanding to that, because I mean my 20-year-old will tell me every day, like I just I just want to be normal. I just want to do the things that normal people, even though I know I'm different, but I want to have those opportunities and you know because those are those are socialization times. And that's that's one of the hardest things. So like going to a game Having that experience—that's a socialization. Playing on a team with someone like that's a socialization that they're probably not getting otherwise. And so it's gonna have to be thoughtful and prepared for them. Um, Maria Montessori is a kind of an education guru, and a lot of her stuff is is about the prepared environment and getting that environment ready so everybody can can be it. As you can tell, I'm a <laughs> I'm an educator, so I've uh okay okay I've taught I've taught and I teach teachers uh, how to how to use technology in their classrooms. So that's that's my full time job, but um but yeah it's it's something we need to really kind of think about strategically. What is it that's going to allow all people to embrace this, but then also help the those who who need those. You know, it's the whole equity thing, not equality. Like equity is right, right. It, make it in, in a place where everybody's enjoying it at the same level. So what are some other things uh, that you've talked about with with not only this team, but that you're thinking about that you want to spread with with the idea of Infinity City and, and, and people either attending games or playing? What, what are you thinking?
1: That's kind of the, the hard part, right? Is with going to games, there are certain people with sensory issues that Need a like sensory space. Mm -hmm. And so, I guess when I first talked to Sean, um, my idea for Infinity City was you know, start like my own supporters group Mm -hmm. to make it obviously open to everyone, but just for people like you and I that understand what it is like to have a special needs child and trying to go out into the real world, if you will, and try and do things and how Mm -hmm. difficult it can be and just have like kind of a space to where people with special needs, people with special needs in their family can kind of like come together, have watch parties for away games, kind of anything like that. Mm -hmm. And because I was not wanting to alter the supporter section to make it more sensory friendly, I was kind of wanting more of a different designated area. That way it didn't take away from everyone else's party. Right. Um, I I was kind of, agreed upon, well, this is not going to be a supporters group. Right. And so that's kind of where I looked at it for more of a, again, brand, if you will, right. of trying to do more than just, I want to be able to take my kid to a soccer game. <laughs> and right. so I, I think it would just be really cool to even work with different teams around the Charlotte area and have our own, like, Infinity City Soccer League. Right. To where, you know, depending on the interest, have ages like eight and under, or just whatever the age groups be, and just have a day to where all these kids come together. And it doesn't have to be taken seriously. Like, kids want to have fun. And just let them them play in an open environment where they're not going to be judged because one kid doesn't understand you're not supposed to touch the ball with your hand right, or something like that. Um, That's something I would really, really like to, to move forward with. And like I said, I have talked to a few youth soccer teams around the area Mm -hmm. about doing something like that. And actually conveniently enough, a guy that I played soccer with in high school, he is the president of two of those soccer teams that are there. And so he is really on board with trying to get something like that together. Um, It's actually kind of funny too. Um, the first tweet I put out under the infinity city name was kind of like the, the mock mission statement of what we were trying to do. Right. And within, I would say two hours, I think at this point I had like six followers, just cause you go through, you follow everybody hoping that they're going to follow you back. Right. And just to, to get the name out there. And within two hours, this random guy from Asheville sent me a message and was like, Hey man, just to let you know, like our, this is really cool that." you're putting this out there. I actually did kind of the same thing for our local team in Asheville to where he worked with the team to have a sensory friendly night and sent me the entire like itinerary of how oh, nice. they did everything step by step and like gave me a guide. I was like, wow, thank you. Lads. right? <laughs> like completely out of nowhere. Yeah. And so I, I kind of presented that to Sean and he that's kind of when he was like, no, if we're doing it. We're doing it 100% or nothing. Right. And so that's kind of, where it was left off, I, like I said, I know he is still – it is still conversations that are being right. had. Right. But just with the first game being away, the L.A. game, the third game being away, just, they're, they're all over the place. I don't hold that against them. And like I said, I've kind of fallen off on my end as well, which I'm right. not happy <laughs> to say that I have. And which <laughs> kind of blew my mind when you reached out. Girl, I was yeah. like, wow, I haven't really touched this account in like two months. <laughs> That's right. awesome.
0: Right now, I just, you know, I'm always thinking about different ways for people to, like you said, enjoy this game and enjoy experiences, especially with families. And I know, like, just from seeing that, I was like, I know how hard it is. I'm like, I want to be able to amplify this. And I also wanted to see kind of what uh, Charlotte FC was was doing about it. And I've talked to Sean before, but I haven't talked about that. So I guess the other thing is, what if. Like, if you were to say, and to me, I guess one of the things that we always did is, and we do this for all kind of events, is we have our child. We, we make sure we get there in plenty of time so the whole space can be, like, absorbed and felt, like, almost like the empty stadium. Like, it's nice to go there before and see what it's like before so you get a better idea because that whole kind of unknown even as people right, start right. to come in, like they feel more comfortable because it was kind of in that quiet, you know, like they're not sensory overloaded because it's quiet and they know. That yeah, a slow build up, and then instead, of just build up instead of coming in there like, oh, my gosh, all these people they're yelling, they're singing, they're chanting, you know, and even if you know that's going to happen, it can still be startling because of the the sensory and cognitive overload. Uh, so I think, you know, stuff like that probably could easily be done, almost like have, you know, early just like they have on planes, right? You can get in early and get no, your family situated yes. and stuff idea. like
1: that. I'm actually gonna write that down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, because that will just help them feel at ease. And you know, then they can they can stroll around the the areas where all the you know the vending and stuff like that and not feel like, oh my gosh, there's so many people, there's so much. Not getting bumped you know, into and they can by take everything in and once. be like, okay, this is I know what I'm getting myself into. Because then also if you go there early and they're already feeling kind of uncomfortable and then, you know, then you know, okay, well, we probably can't stay the whole game. Like this is already too much at this base level, but you got to try it. Like I don't right. think any parent is not going to be like, well, we're just, we're going to make them suffer through this. You know, it's, it's, it's your kid. So that's a fine line, especially for an organization. to Be like, we're going to support a, a particular group or particular need. But like, you know, so, so I'm you want to do it all the time. But then is that putting too much of, you know, like I said earlier, they, those kids and anybody who has a special need, they want to feel like everybody else. Right. So it's like, how much do you push the line to be like, you're special, we get to do these special things, but then you're also like everybody else, because they're going to start to notice as they get older, like what things they were able to do that are different than everybody else. And they're like, why don't I get to go in when everybody else comes in? Or how come I don't get to watch the, you know, why do I have to watch the the march, you know, from up here rather than down below right, with right. everybody else? You know, it's, it's like they start to realize those type of things. And maybe that's the point where they understand better more about, you know, about themselves and, and what they're able to do. But it is very tricky. And it's different every time, you know, you might do this for one game and then the next game would be like, what happened? You were fine last time.
1: And <laughs> yeah. This time, like,
0: something else triggered it, and you're like, well, I guess, you know, we can't do it. So it is Situation
1: really, by situation.
0: Yeah, and it, it doesn't transfer necessarily. You know, if you did this at a, at a Hornets game, you know, and had some sort of situation, and then you went to the FC game, and it would be like, you know, you did this before. How come – and it just doesn't transfer. It's totally different. So that's always – it's always the case. Yeah, it is. It's tough. Aside from Infinity, what has got you interested in, in soccer?
1: Like, what is? Well, um, I'm actually originally from New Hampshire. And um, while we lived up there, my mother had a good friend who actually played for one of the lower divisions in England. Mm-hmm. I could not for the life of you tell me what team it was at the time. <laughs> I was so young, I didn't really understand. Right. Like kind of what all that was. I was like kicking the ball around and it just stuck with me, played all the way Middle school, high school through college um, was actually I'm not even going to throw myself under the bus and say that. But I was a unfortunate Galaxy fan for a better part of my life just because my favorite player was Landon Donovan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, traditional American answer. And um, when he retired, I was like, well, I guess I should probably move a little more like geographically to where it makes sense. Right. I, I say this is my team. And so uh, when Atlanta started playing in 2017, you know, that's only a four-hour drive versus, right. you know, uh, D.C. eight hours up or right. Orlando eight hours down. And so I, I will openly admit that I was an Atlanta <laughs> fan, went to some games down there. And uh, once I knew that Charlotte was getting a team, I just I kind of lost it. Right. Where I've always wanted a team to where I could get season tickets to, you know, go to games all the time. Right. And stuff like that. And I've actually, I'm going to kind of self promo myself here. I actually have the very first MLS logo Charlotte shirt that they ever gave away. Oh, wow. On announcement day when they made it. Right. And yeah, because they did not have a name. Like, right. Yeah. Right. It was literally all just the MLS logo and Charlotte branded stuff for a while. And I have the very first one that they gave away. Um, have the MLS Charlotte scarf up here. They the, the team has actually been very gracious with me for whatever reason to where I've gotten when they gave out. I used to be a, a member of Mint City Collective mm-hmm. and there was a group of us in there. It seemed like there was like five or six of us that every time they had a promo or new stuff to, to give out, we were the ones that get it. Like they hand-delivered. These boxes right here that I have that had the Adidas training top and a Charlotte mug and a Nota beer or something like that. And it's just, it they've made a really good connection with a lot of people, making them seem like, like, we're really doing this for the community and we want community engagement. And that really has just kind of like drove me crazy of how aware they are that, they are a business, but without the consumers, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to make it.
0: Right. And, and, and also I think soccer lends itself to that, because if you look at any other sport, they don't have supporters groups. They don't have bands of of people having different watch parties and stuff like that. It's just kind of like, we're all fans or we're all not fans, you know? Right. Right. And the supporter groups are all, you know, all fans, but like in their own little right, they have their little small groups and they have different things that they do and events. And so, you know that's something special about soccer, so I think they tapped in on that because saying, "Hey, we get these people understanding, you know how we feel about them, and we know how important it is." You know that's just going to create a culture that'll stay here forever. You know, absolutely,
1: makes- and in the inclusion of Sean, you know, yeah. creating a job position that is your job is to talk to the fans and then relay that message to the team. Right. That just that that that's incredible, and he he honestly anytime. I've messaged him within, I'm not going to say minutes, because, I mean, he's a busy guy and has his own life. But right. he he takes the time to go through his messages and make sure that he hits every single one to where if someone has a question, he will answer it. If he doesn't have to answer it, he will find the answer and let you know.
0: Right, right, definitely. I appreciate you being on here and, and talking about that. Hopefully we can make some strides and come back and talk about uh, the end of the year when when they're doing all this stuff and how wonderful it is.
1: No, that would be incredible. I greatly appreciate you reaching out. You kind of gave me a little more, you know, fire to kind of get back in the game. And... All right. Well, appreciate it, man.
2: After this interview, I asked my son with autism to give me the top three things he would want to be available at a game or a match. He gave me four. One, sensory sensitive sections, both seating and in the concourse. Two, Early access to get comfortable with the surroundings. Three, a fast pass of some sort throughout the stadium for food and bathrooms. And then four, a card or a badge that could be worn so other people would know to be mindful that I have a sensory or other special need issue. He said he may do things that are not appropriate or may seem offbeat or many times are judged by people one way. And then when they realize he's autistic, they are more forgiving of his misunderstandings. He also said that the Minnesota Vikings have Bluetooth built into the seats in their new stadium, so someone can call and be escorted to a sensory-friendly room. And they have an online community created by the team, kind of like a Reddit feed, for families and people to express their needs. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles have this too. Bank of America Stadium does have sensory kits available at each guest services booth. Inside the kit is a noise-canceling headphone, a fidget spinner, and an anti-stress squeezable mini American football. Well, those American footballs probably would incite a meltdown itself for those expecting a soccer ball at a soccer match. So, I donated a bag full of new anti-stress mini soccer balls to Charlotte FC and Bank of America to replace the footballs in the sensory kits with soccer balls for soccer matches. There's always going to be work to do to help those with special needs. My hope is that Charlotte FC can become a leader in this area, as well as show the rest of the sports world how it can be done well. Charlotte FC podcast is hosted and produced by me, Nick Finelli. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with a friend or give us a five-star review. This helps others find our podcast.